Thank you, worship team. That was amazing. So good morning. Good, good to see all you beautiful faces this morning. I got to talk to Pastor first thing this morning. We FaceTimed and prayed over the services, and he is in Picune with Pastor Angela this morning, and it's a, a church that we also, um, he is basically the apostle. I guess we kind of, I don't know. Anyway, and so he's there, and, um, and so he is preaching, and they are loving on that community, and, um, and so yeah, I get to be with you guys this morning, and it's such a privilege. I'm always so thankful and so honored anytime I get to share the love of God with people, the word of God with people. There is no greater privilege, and so come on. So in the foyer... We have Lovers Gonna Love t-shirts, and these were such a hit that um, I asked Pastor if he would mind if we actually sold them today, and because we literally keep selling out. And so, um, and all of 100% of the profits are going to Acuna, Mexico. For those who of us that went um, a few weeks ago, you know they stole our hearts. Amen. Oh my gosh. And you know, it's so amazing how you can go to another place where you don't speak the language, you have no clue what anybody is saying, but God speaks heart. And you can feel the heart of the people. You can feel the emotions of the people. And Ollie got to preach on Sunday morning. It was amazing, powerful. And um, when he did, just just a little glimpse because I don't think anybody said any of this, huh? Just a glimpse of what happened. Like, so he calls me up and another guy up to to have a demonstration, and we're sitting at the table, and um and I look over and the guy sitting next to me is like bawling, crying, and then he does an altar call and people are flooding the altars, and you know we our whole team got to pray for people, and as as we did. They don't know what we're saying. We don't know what they're saying. We don't even know what their need is. And you could totally feel the love of God. They're crying. You're crying. And because God speaks heart. God can convey. It is the one thing that translates is our love for one another. And so haters might hate, but lovers are going to love. And so if you want to get a t-shirt, $20 a piece, and then um, there's also mugs there for, and we're just selling, when those are sold out, they're sold out. We can't get any more of those. And, um, and those are 10 each. You can do, um, you can do PayPal, you can do your card, you can Venmo me, you can, no, um, cash, check. If you make out a check, it's to Heart and Hands Ministries. And um, yeah, and so we made that available. And also, if you, I'll just give a plug. If you want to um, do a monthly donation to Heart and Hands in Acuna, um, I think it's $23 a month. And, um, and it's for feeding the kids in their aftercare program. Just such an incredible thing that God is doing there. It is so amazing what he is doing. And um, I love the fact that, um, that 
he he's moving all over the world like it's not you know you you come and you feel the peace here well it's the same peace that we feel here that we felt there i mean in their worship we had no clue where they're singing and you're just crying because the presence of god is just it's the same as it is here and so Anyway, the one thing that I'm talking about, one of the things that I'm talking about today is the love of God, and it's really my life message. Like, honestly, I, I if you put lovers going to love on my tombstone, I'd be super excited because, you know, like sometimes when we have the end mind and goal, then we can do things daily to get to where we need to be. And so just because you attempt every day to love like Jesus loves... We're becoming love. We might not quite be there 100% yet, but we're becoming love. And we want to know the end goal in mind. Because, you know, it's interesting. Did you ever notice the fact that in the Old Testament, we have 10 laws? And then they, so the religious leader comes up to Jesus and says, well, tell me about the, the, the 10 commandments. And he goes, well, now there's just two. The first one is to love the Lord your God with all of your being, body, mind, soul, everything in me, to love the Lord your God. And then the second one is to love others as you love yourself. Like everything can be wrapped up in those two things. Like if that is my life goal is to love well, to love him well, and to love others well. Like, you have succeeded if that's your only goal in life. Like, you want to know the will of God for your life? That's the will of God for your life. For you to love him and for you to love everybody else. And we're becoming that. I love Bob Goff. Has everybody read Everybody Always? Has anybody read that book? Amazing book. Get it. Do yourself a favor. Listen to it on audio. But we're becoming love. Like, like be so made up of this stuff that we just throw it around like confetti. And in there, he's like, act like we're going to be doing this for eternity. <laughs> Loving each other well. Right? And so, I love how Jesus, um, in, in the gospel of John, how you know, we're talking about love and, you know, how it's just, it's really simple to love people who are easy to love. It's really simple to love the lovable. What's not so simple is to love people who um, betray you, people who stab you in the back, people who talk about you, people who... I mean, probably your family members, right? Like, there's probably somebody, like, in your family um, that is, yeah, not quite as easy to love as what maybe they should be. But he's like, those are the ones that I want you to love. <laughs> it's not just love the lovables. I'm telling you, like, I'm going to put a power so amazing that's in you that you're going to love, be able to love people that are unlovable. You're going to be able to love your enemies and buy lunch for them. That's pastor's message last week was that, like, if you have an enemy, buy lunch for them. That's like a whole other level of love. I'm not there yet, but I'm becoming. 
but I'm becoming. So, have you ever heard of like when you're going to confront somebody, like the sandwich method? And like you tell something that's like really, really good. And then you say something that you want to confront about. And then on the back end, you come back in with like, just, yes, I love this about you. It's a really good method. And instead of just throwing out there like, you know, you really messed this one up. It's an easier method to use the sandwich method. And so it's cool because Jesus shows us the sandwich method in plain view. So, okay, so let me give you the back side of the story. It's the 12 disciples sitting at the Last Supper. And Jesus tells Judas at that time, like, hey, I know somebody here is going to betray me, and it's the one that's dipping his bread in the sauce right now. So Judas, go do what you were supposed to do. If you look in John, it's like it's very apparent that it was Judas at the time. They just didn't have complete understanding. So then Jesus puts the thing in the middle, and he says in John 13, 34, he says, so I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love that I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. So he knows somebody is betraying him. He puts in the middle, like, love anyway. Like, love people so well that the world sees me and sees that that you're a true follower of Christ because of the way that you loved. And then he backs it up in the very next verse that Peter is going to deny him three times. Do you see this? Like this kind of love is the love that the kingdom of God expects from his people. And not only does he expect it, He's given you a power so powerful that you can actually accomplish it. But the only way to accomplish it is being close to the vine. In the whole series where he talks about the I am, and he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And the only way that you're going to love like I love is to be attached to the vine. It's the only way that it's possible. It's not possible in our own strength. That's why it's so much of a miracle that the world will know that we are his disciples by the way that we love like him. It's a miracle, a certified miracle to be able to do that. So let's talk about synergy for a second. That's this whole topic is on synergy this month. So what is synergy? And so by definition, it's two or more things produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. So two separate things, when they come together, they create this amazing explosion. And you see this so much in the body of Christ that when you come together as the body of Christ, that I bring fully what I am, and you bring fully what you are. And it's interesting because when we get together, have you ever been around like a prophetic person, and all of a sudden you're able to start prophesying? 
Or maybe you get around a giver and giving might not be your thing. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I'm a giver now because I got next to this person and now I'm like this extraordinary giver. And I see the fruit on their life, so of course I'm going to give. I am compelled to give now because I see the fruit. So how often do we come together as the body of Christ and we are able to have that synergistic effect because you are fully you and I get to be fully me. And this explosion happens that could have otherwise never been happening had we not been fully powerful in ourselves. See, I love the kids when they talk about their declarations. They say, I am powerful. What I believe changes the world. So today I declare God is in a good mood and he loves me all the time. I will tell nations what he has done. I'm important. How he made me is amazing. I was designed for worship. My mouth establishes praise to silence the enemy. And everywhere I go is a perfect hell zone because with God, nothing is impossible. And it all starts with the fact that I am powerful. And when we know how powerful we are, we get to stand in that. Fully me. Fully alive. Fully getting to be the body of Christ that we were made to be. If you go to, and I, I don't think we have NASB, so that's, I got to get with the program. Like, I know, I'm NASB, and I think all we have is ESV. But if you go back to the first time that God mentions how we have authority, how are we powerful? It's in Genesis, way back in Genesis 1, when he says, like, okay, so, the, so let me give you just the timeline. So, so Genesis 1 is the first seven days of creation, and then he goes back in Genesis 2 and tells us how he made man, okay? So in Genesis 1, verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That's powerful. You were designed to have full authority over the planet. That's God's original design. God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Plan A. That's plan A. We were designed to have full authority over the planet. We were designed that the words that we speak have full authority that's why declarations are so important, because it's the words that we speak create worlds. So then you go to Genesis 2, verse 19, and it says, 
Out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to man to see what he would call them. And, ne- and whatever the man called the living creature, that was his name. Do you see the authority that he gave man here? And do you realize that it's not until three, after the fall, that he even calls him Adam? Because man was designed, created him male and female, man and female together, designed to rule and reign. So let me ask you this, what are you calling yourself? What are you calling your kids? What are the names that you are giving them? You see, he showed the characteristics of the animal and he said, you're this. So what are you calling yourself when you look in the mirror? What are you calling your kids? What gold are you calling out in them? Because they become what you speak. You create what you speak. Amen. So God put two trees in the garden. The first tree was the tree of good and evil. The first, I'm sorry. So let me just go to it. Genesis 2, 9. Um, Out of the ground the Lord caused every tree to grow that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, the tree of life in the midst of the garden, and also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So you have two trees in the garden. We don't talk about two trees in the garden, but in love, you have to have choice. It's not love without choice. So there's always two trees in the garden because God is not a dictator. God is not a manipulator. So he didn't just put one tree in the garden so that, so that you would, because oftentimes you say like, well, why did he even put a tree there? Because it's not real love unless there's choice. The only way that it's real love is if there's choice to choose the right thing. He never manipulates us to make him, us love him. He compels us to love. And that's how powerful you are. That's how powerful you are. And we can't talk about love without talking about how powerful you are. And it's the foundation of love is the choice. So I want to do a little bit of teaching for a second. I, um, about four years ago, I had this incredible encounter with God that forever changed the course of my life. And um, at that time, I, um, it, was just, it, was, it was just this amazing time with God, I, I, I came to the understanding of how much he actually loved me and so many chains, a lot of you know my testimony with that, but so many chains fell off in that instant, rejection fell off, shame fell off, so many things fell off, and um, it was just this beautiful encounter. It was no longer head knowledge, but it became an encounter, and, um, and so through that, I wound up um, reading Keep Your Love On, 
And so some of you guys had bought that book um, last month when we were doing the series. And um, amazing book. I cannot recommend it more. Well, then we also went to Keep Your Love On, like it was like a three-day conference. And so from that, one of the biggest things that came out of that was teaching how powerful you are and that you have the power to make good decisions. If Jesus lives in you, you are powerful. And he gave you the ability to make great decisions. And so, so from that conference and from the book, I wanted to bring to you today seven things that make us powerful people. And seven characteristics of powerful people. So if you have your pen and paper and you want to write them down or write them in your, in your um, phone, you can go ahead and get that out now. So the first thing that powerful people do is they take responsibility for their life and for their choices. They choose who they want to be and they choose what they're going to pursue in life and how they're going to go after it. They clean up their messes. If you have a parent that actually made you clean up your messes, you should text them right now and say thank you. Because we are living in a generation that does not know how to clean up their messes. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We're not immune. If you don't make a mistake, it means you're not growing. We all make mistakes. We all mess up. But the difference in somebody who's powerful and somebody who is powerless is that they know how to clean up their own messes. Amen? Okay, so um, they don't play the blame game and blame it on everybody else. They refuse to have victim mentality. Something may have happened to you, but I am no longer a victim. Because if I'm a victim, that means you have power over me. And you don't. Jesus has the last say. Powerless people believe that relationships are about receiving rather than giving. And it's a consumer mentality. Number two, powerful people. Respect and create powerful environments. Powerful people honor people. And they don't allow for somebody to come in and dishonor. So it makes it super safe. A work environment that people honor one another is super safe to be fully you. You get to be fully you. Powerless people have anxiety-driven environments which does not feel safe. See, because we don't have to control people. It's not our job. It's my job to control me, and you get to control you. That's not my job to control you. Number three, powerful people require others to be powerful. They don't fix the problem. Require others to be powerful. I can't tell you how many times people have come to us and they just want us to fix the problem. But what powerful people do is they say, I am so sorry you're going through that. 
What are you going to do about it? Because you see, the same Holy Ghost that lives in me is the same Holy Ghost that lives in you, and he has all the answers. So you get to make that decision. Because when, as soon as you try to fix it, guess what happens? They blame you for fixing it. <laughs> That's how that little triangle works, which doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. And so they, they help others make powerful choices by asking, what are you going to do about that? Number four, powerful people build healthy boundaries, not walls. Walls keep people out. Rejection keeps you in and everybody else out. But instead, we build boundaries. If you even look at the, at the diagram of Jesus who was close to him, there was only three that were super close to him. There's only three that went to the Mount of Transfiguration. So if he models that same thing, we don't allow people 100% of the time to have 100% access to us. And that's okay. It's called healthy boundaries. Number five, powerful people make daily decisions to align with their vision. If they want freedom, they get a counselor. They go to Sozo. If they want to become a better communicator, they take classes. They get mentors. They listen to people who are great communicators. Powerful people just don't wish things happen. You want to play an instrument? Start taking lessons. You want to go back to school? Put your application in. You want to... Uh, Get out of that toxic relationship that you're in. Tell them to hit the road. You're powerful. You are powerful. You can do it. <laughs> it's just a choice. That's it. It's just a choice to say, you know what? We're going down two different ways. God has me going this way, and you're going another. We need to break ties. You hate your job? Quit it and get a new one. It's easy. Yeah, I mean, don't think that you're stuck. So often we think that we're stuck in the place that we are, and you are powerful enough to make decisions to get unstuck. You want to get out of debt? Stop spending so much and get an extra job. I, I, it's Stop eating so much and start exercising. Like, it's so, what do you want? You're powerful. You can have whatever it is that you want. Number six, speak powerful language. This is probably should be number one. Powerful people let their yes be yes and their no be no. Powerless people say things like, I'll try. I have to go to work. No, you get to go to work. You're in 1% of the income bracket of the world. 
we live in the greatest country that there is, you get to go to work. We gotta lose the vocabulary, the victim mentality of I'll, I'll try, I have to, I can't. Instead, let your yes be yes and your no be, uh, be no. Number seven, love unconditionally. And y'all can go ahead and come. Um, love unconditionally. Other, lo other people's love is not dependent on being loved in return. That's a powerful person. Other people's love is not dependent on being loved in return. No conditions means that we love regardless of them even coming to God. If we can love as if we have no agenda whatsoever. No agenda. Not even to come to God, but we just love them like Jesus loves them. Love them without manipulation. Love them that, that just like him. We love him like him. See, you're a powerful person who can make powerful decisions. And more importantly, you're a powerful person who can choose love. Because God chose to love you. Choosing love is the most powerful choice you could ever make and is more rewarding than you could ever imagine. You see, the kingdom requires us to love and be powerful. So let's be a powerful people, a fearless people. There's no fear in love. If there's one thing that's the opposite to love, it's not hate. It's fear. So where there's fear, there's not love. You can always ask yourself, when you're angry, when you have the emotion of hate, what are you fearing? And usually it'll tell you. What are you fearing? So you are his plan. There is no plan B. Jesus did everything that he's going to do. Yes, he still moves. He moves on our hearts. But the work is finished. And see, his whole thing that he did all along was that he went to the cross was resurrected three days later so that we could have his spirit living inside of us. And we, he put his spirit inside of us, not to get us to heaven, but so that we could love extravagantly. So that we can love him and we can love others around us extravagantly, like only he can love. There's no plan B. You're it. You're his plan. You're his plan. And he loves his plan. He thinks it's the best plan ever. Because he trusts you. That he can put his spirit inside of you and that you actually can do this. 
that you can actually love those that hurt you, that you can actually love those who betray you, that you can actually buy lunch for your enemy. You see, he did this because he trusts that you can do it. If he just puts his spirit in you, he, you can do it. In the face of hurt, in the face of pain, we're going to love extravagantly. We're going to be a fearless people who love extravagantly. And I just feel him so much in this room today and even in first service that he just wants you to just not only know this love with your head, but to actually encounter this love. And some of you may have already encountered this kind of love, but you may need an upgrade. Or you may want an upgrade because it's available to you. You see, the Bible says he is love. Like ultimately, like we just want to pursue that. And you may not even really know him. You may be somebody who like, I, I, I don't know this whole Christianity thing. Well, do you know love? Because if you know love, you'll want to pursue this thing. And if you just say, God, I just want to pursue love. That's saying you want to pursue him. And he is faithful to reveal himself to you. But I just feel like if you want it, he has an upgrade ready for you today. If you want this kind of love. He has an upgrade for you today. So as we all stand, I'm going to pray over us. And after I pray and you want an upgrade, you said, that's me. I want to love better. I want to love myself better, God. I want to love you better. I want you to come down to this altar as a sign. You don't have to do this. But sometimes we just need to step out and say, you know what, prophetically I am coming down there because I know that there's an upgrade ready for me and I am showing God I want that upgrade. So Father, I just thank you, God. I thank you for a people, God, who we're willing to say we will fearlessly love God. A powerful people, God that will fearlessly love with nothing in return but to please our Father. God, I, I ask for repentance, God. I ask for forgiveness, God, of the places where I have fallen short and not been as powerful as what you have required me to be. Maybe I've enabled Maybe I haven't asked the right questions. Maybe I'm a fixer. Maybe I've used powerless language when I, my yes should have been yes and my no should have been no. But God, I'm asking you today, God, that you just give us a total upgrade. Upgrade us with your love, Jesus. You paid a huge price, God, so that we could encounter your love. There's nothing that you want more, God, than us to love well. So, God, you can put your spirit in us, God, and teach us to love like you love, God. Give us the power to love like you love, God.
So we just say, move, God. Move on me, God. Move on me, God.